It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. <laughs> Good well, morning, everybody. <laughs> I think we do that on uh, on Fridays. We have that this, for some reason. The rooster wants to crow, yeah, yeah, um, oh, yeah. Uh, like set, uh, twice uh, on uh, Friday episodes. It's the show inside the game, guys. I'm JC Sherbert. He is Phil Mullinax. Uh, made it through a first our first full week, five full episodes this week, Phil. So that's a uh, good. No power outages. No, uh, no, no <laughs> sickness, nothing like that. We fought off the sickness at the beginning uh, of the week. Um, quite a day, a day in Gamecock land yesterday uh, oh, yeah. with a lot of news <laughs> pouring in. Uh, and the, the, the biggest news, uh, I think, and, and, you know, it's all big. And, and recruiting news is big. Football news is obviously big. Uh, but the, the, the most surprising news, I think, Phil, uh, concerned Carolina baseball, former Clemson head coach, uh, former Gamecock assistant, former College of Charleston head coach, Monty Lee uh, is joining Mark Kingston's baseball staff because uh, Chad Kaye um, decided he wanted to uh, go back and uh, be closer to family in Mississippi, uh, which is fine, and, and, and that's good. There, uh, like uh, John Whittle reported, uh, he was not asked to leave. There was no scandal. There was nobody sick. It just was a simple – uh, family decision. We all make those. Um, but it, it's a it's a fascinating dynamic now uh, with Gamecock baseball. And I believe, don't we have uh, somebody to come in and talk about this yet or not? Uh, we uh, He's not quite here yet, but we okay. may have. We may, may have. have may have a, a special guest to get in and uh, talk about all those dynamics. I personally think it's a pretty good hire or a really good hire. And, and you know, you lose an assistant coach in baseball right now before fall semester is about to start. Uh, it's not always a positive thing. Uh, you know, everybody's kind of set. Uh, you're kind of scrambling. Um, and luckily for the Gamecocks, Monty Lee was available. He's about to take a job with the Los Angeles Dodgers organization and do a little pro ball. But, uh, you know, like I was saying today, pro ball and college ball, sort of unlike uh, in the baseball. I say ball. I mean, the general ball. Uh, <laughs> unlike football and basketball, there, there's more of a – you kind of have – Guys that work their way up in the in the minors and majors, and then and guys that work their way up in college baseball. I mean, it's a it's a lot different. Um, you know, I, I think the chance to stay in state and continue working for the state of South Carolina uh, was probably a factor with it, and you know, just the fact that uh, you know Monty Lee's a, uh, has been a Gamecock. I mean, I know he's a Tiger for a while, but he was a game. He's been a Gamecock uh, most of the time, obviously coaching with. Ray Tanner and all of that. But that was the most surprising news uh, yesterday. We also had some recruiting stuff. Xavier McLeod finally commits to South Carolina. Uh, I can finally say that Xavier was the very first welcome home uh, in the class back in January. And and I'll say this. This is why uh, – and there was about 48 hours where, I, I based on some intel I, I got, I was kind of hedging a little bit. But I've been pretty confident about this since January, and here's why. That welcome home feel from Beamer came 
right after Xavier visited Georgia for their national championship celebration. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was literally, the, I think, the day after. Um, and I just kind of knew. I mean, I was like, it didn't make much sense. I was like, well, you know, he goes to Athens, and that's about Pete Dog down there, right? Yeah, right. Their national championship <laughs> celebration. I mean, I talked yeah. to some people that were there. It was wild, man. I mean, everybody. I mean, and uh, and I love Georgia. I have many, many friends that are Georgia fans, and, and I love all those guys. And I was just, I was very happy for them. Oh yeah. But yeah. man, you, you go down there at peak dog hour, and uh, and for that, and then you come back and commit to Carolina, even if it's mm-hmm. not public. To me, that kind of still told me something, and then uh, so that's why that that's why I, I, I never uh, I was kind of more bullish on Xavier McLeod than most, despite his uh, the delays you know, and yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know and so it, it, it's one of those things. Craig on the Nana Sports chat line says, "Why did he say he didn't know until eleven last night if he'd already committed?" I don't know why he says. Things that he says on social media or interviews or anything, and that's fine. Uh, I think some kids like to, to, you know, build some suspense, and that's that's not a bad thing. I mean, these are we have to remember at times these are high school kids. Yeah, uh, and we, we are uh, we we have our guest on now. Here. Oh, good, good. Thank you, thank yeah, you. I was, just, I was vamping a little bit there. Want to welcome back in? Ha <laughs> ha! There he is. Good morning. Good morning. Looking, looking like uh, without the hat today. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jamie Bradford from. Um, uh, the chief sports media. I got to get used to saying chief sports media. It's like, uh, it's like heritage digital. I can't, I can never get that out. Uh, so, so Jamie, big news yesterday, obviously, uh, it's a, a subject near and dear to your heart, Carolina baseball and, uh, Monty Lee, uh, yeah. just kind of give us your general reaction, uh, to that news. We, we kind of knew it was coming there for a couple of days, me and you, but, uh, uh, when it started, the, the news came out, uh, you know, kind of your reaction to all that. First of all, appreciate you having me back on. If I'm interrupted, it's because a couple little three-year-olds are going to come running out telling me they need something. Uh, that's why I was late getting on because they were doing what they do. Uh, so we're we're up here in the mountains for the weekend, and so it's just dad and I'm, I'm you know, I don't have enough arms, as you all know how that is. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. But the uh, yeah, man, I I I am so excited for Monty. Um, one of the best baseball people I know, if not the best baseball person I know, a uh, Gamecock at heart, played at the College of Charleston, grew up in Lou Golf, um, knows this state inside and out, respected by everybody. Uh, South Carolina is, and this is, by the way, uh, this is not a, a shot at all at, at Mark Kingston or anything like that, but they're not going to miss on in-state prospects moving forward. I mean, if you want to play baseball at South Carolina and and you're hesitant or on the fence about it, you know, Monty Lee will, will get you to the other side of the fence. Um, you know, talked to so many guys yesterday that I've known for a long time uh, who are just fired up for the program. Um, Matt Campbell, Drew Meyer, Justin Smoke. Uh, Mike Cisco, Blake Cooper. I mean, I could keep going on. I mean, guys that were just so energized by Monty being back in a Gamecock uniform. And, um, you know, he's a guy who has an unbelievable story. A lot of people don't know Monty's real story. I, I'm lucky enough to do so because I was nine years old 
when my dad passed and I got to be the bat boy at the College of Charleston growing up in Mount Pleasant. And Monty played for the Cougars and Ralph Civitary and was kind of like a big brother to me. Um, and, you know, Monty had his first daughter early. And, you know, he was in college and he was playing baseball. He His wife, his first wife, Kelly, they were they were, you know, married in college, had a daughter. Monty lived in a trailer. He worked and played baseball. Um, and then when he he got drafted, played for the Cardinals. And then, you know, after that, I mean, he put his time in, man. I mean, he was he was volunteering at Wando. He was uh, working with the Diamond Devils. And then he went to Spartan Methodist. And then Coach Tanner brought him in in an unpaid role. And, you know, he's really put his time in. But uh, he's invested it wisely because he's just continued to – make himself the best baseball guy that he can make himself. And you can't, if there's somebody out there that says something bad about Monty, it's more of a reflection of them than it is him. I mean, he, he's just, he is the best. And um, it's, it's so awesome to see him back at South Carolina. It's an interesting dynamic. I get that. Um, um, but you know, it's awesome. And on top of all that guys, now that I don't have to host a daily show anymore and I don't have to thread the needle, <laughs> he's shoving it up the ass of the orange in the upstate. Uh, you know, and, and I just love that. He, he probably would never tell you that. He's got too much class, way too much class. And Monty will always respect the program that he was the head coach for, and he'll always respect the players. That's just Monty. Uh, but he's kind of flipping them the bird, too, and I love that. Well, heck, uh, a lot of his players uh, that he had up at Clemson are – Transferred to South Carolina too. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. they defected. Yeah, and there are some defectors. Yeah. The from the I guess the, Phil calls it the orange fog. Um, <laughs> you, you know, Jamie, some people, some people. Let me be. Let's be honest about this. Uh, you know, Keyson has to turn it around this year. I mean, he, he's got to yeah. to get it going. Some people kind of speculate, maybe, oh gosh, this is the way to get Monty Lee the job or the head coaching job at Carolina or. Rio, Ray Tanner, this, Ray Tanner, that. Uh, I don't really see it that way. I, I kind of see it as go, you know, you lost a coach right before the daggum school year starts. Go get the best coach you can get uh, and a guy that could really make an impact, uh, even if, uh, you know, in a short amount of time uh, with your recruiting, with your coaching and all that. So, you know, your take on the whole narrative that, oh, this is just Ray, blah, 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 setting it up, you know, I don't think it's a setup at all. No, I mean, if that look, if that's something that happens down the road, then that's something that happens down the road. Steve Spurrier once said coaching's all about timing. Yeah. And and this just happened to work out. Um, you know, Monty and Ray are tight, man. And, you know, Coach Tanner has been such an unbelievable influence to so many people in this state. So many people. And Monty is one of those that Coach Tanner, I mean, Monty would tell you. And I don't want to speak for him. I hope y'all get him on the show. Let him speak for himself. But yeah. hey, there's just not many people he has more respect for than Ray Tanner and Ralph Civitary, who he played for, um, who is like the godfather of baseball here in, in, in the – well, not here, but uh, back home in the low country. Um, and, and so, you know, if it works out that way, that's great. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, Monty – you know, he's been a head coach now for a long time at the college and then going to, to Clemson. It's tough to slip back into an assistant's role, especially when you were coaching their arch rival, you Ooh. know, at this high level of baseball. So Monty deserves a lot of credit uh, in being able to kind of 
you know, guys get egos when that happens. And Monty, and everybody has an ego. Monty's got an ego too because he's a damn good baseball coach. But, but he doesn't have an ego so large that he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to be somebody's assistant, you know. And so he deserves a lot of credit for that. Ray Tanner deserves a boatload of credit for for making sure that this thing is going to, you know, come together and work. And Mark Kingston deserves a ton of credit. Think about that for a second. If you're the head coach at South Carolina, you know everybody loves Monty Lee. And he just gets canned at the rival at your rival, and he's been beating you the last couple of years. Yeah. And, you know, and you know dang well, Mark's not dumb. Mark's a smart guy. And it, Mark's a good guy, by the way. I, I know he's got to get it turned around, but he's a good guy. And and um, but he 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 knows like, hey, as soon as we hit a skid. People in the stands are going to be shouting for Monty Lee to step into my shoes. Like, you know, like, you know, That's every, true, man. Like, here's a, like message boards and Twitter and stuff like that. Anything that people say about this, like, you really think that these three guys hadn't already thought about that? Of course they have. So, but I think that's what makes this very interesting and very unique in the fact that this has been discussed and that there is an understanding amongst men. These guys are pros, they're professionals. And, they're going to do what's best for the University of South Carolina, and they're going to make this baseball program the best that they can make it. And this baseball program deserves it. This is this is the proudest program athletically in the history of the state. I know Clemson's won three national championships. Well, 2.5, like in, in football. I get that. But think about the amount of success that's been sustained for Gamecock baseball from the 70s until now. That's 50-something years, guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is the mm-hmm. proudest athletic program in the state, and they deserve to win. And so props to King, props to Monty, props to Coach Tanner for putting the best thing that they can together to try to go out and accomplish that this year. Let's talk about Jamie Bradford. uh from Chief Sports Media, frequent guest here on the show, wanted to get his take on the Monty Lee back to Carolina situation. But, uh, hey, there was some other news yesterday, too. Uh, Xavier McLeod finally jumps in the boat. Uh, this recruiting class for football, Jamie, uh, the, the in-state group is strong on the line of scrimmage. Uh, good news is, too, in, in the next class, you got two humongous offensive tackles who are elite uh, in the state, and, and I think – Carolina's getting both of them as things stand today. Uh, so your take on uh, the, the current state of Gamecock recruiting? Well, so that the Z- – okay, right. So the Xavier McLeod <laughs> news, I mean, this is – JC, we – I say we because I just talk to people that actually do it. But, I mean, yeah. this has kind of been – you know, we've kind of known about this for a while, right? Yeah, I mean, he was the first welcome home. It, it, yeah, I mean, I, I remember back, you know, we, you, we've talked about this before. I'm not going to give away all the, you know, all the behind the scenes conversations. <laughs> but I mean, um, all right. So, but with that said, I, I think a lot of coaches would tell you that it is much more difficult sometimes to hold on to a guy than to get a guy. Mm-hmm. And boy, they had to weather the storm to, to, to keep him. And, and it looks like they'll probably end up doing so in the end when they sign, hopefully in December. Yeah. Um, I know that the class is got a chance to e- improve even more, you know, down the line with a couple of the other big names that are still out there that are highly considering South Carolina. 
Uh, I know you're right in the thick of kind of what's going on there, JC, with that. So I always defer to you and your team when it comes to recruiting. Sure. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think that one of the things that we anticipated with Shane and his staff was that they would be able to utilize the transfer portal and try to speed up the turnaround. Um, I, and we all knew that they would be able to recruit this state and beyond. But I'm not sure that everybody totally understood how quickly that might happen. Like, I kind of thought that he deserved a couple of years before we started seeing some of the bigger names fall. And most importantly, because of the success that Clemson's had before he, he was able to kind of start putting those barriers back up around the state and bringing them back down to the Midlands as opposed to losing them to the upstate. Which, by the way, Muschamp didn't lose everybody to the upstate. I mean, he, Zach Pickens, Jordan Birch. I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys yeah. that he's gotten. But, I mean, now they're this is back to 10, 12 years ago. I mean, Carolina was signing everybody in the state, and then they were winning. And I'm not sure if that's how it's going to translate or not. Sure hope it does. But it reminds me of that. And and I just thought that, you know, hey, with the last five, six years of Clemson's success, it's going to take some time to really kind of regrow those roots in South Carolina and start locking it down. And they that's not true. I mean, Shane has uh, – he's put this thing pedal to the metal. And here they are, JC. They're signing the best players in the state. I happen to think that they have got the three best players in the state. I don't think no, – no personal feelings here, but I don't think Monroe Freeling is the top player in this state. I don't – matter of fact, I don't think he's one of the top five players in the state, to be honest with you. So, um, I think that they are doing a hell of a job, and uh, I just hope that carries over this year and then continue the momentum with, you know, putting some Ws up on the board. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's uh, yeah, Carolina basically got everybody they wanted in the in, within the state of South Carolina, and you know that happens. And, and you know, look, Clemson wanted Marquee Anderson, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so that's a, that's a win. That's another in-state win, especially at a place like Dorman, that's been such a Clemson stronghold over the years. Uh, yeah, I continue to read stuff too, uh, and, and hear uh, from contacts about practice. Looks like. So Spencer Rattler had a good week of practice last week. Was told he has a great week of practice this week. Uh, you continuing to feel pretty confident about him when he hits the field here yeah. in uh, two weeks from tomorrow. Yeah. By the way, uh, I just saw Craig's message. Craig already already there. I was there at seven o'clock this morning eating my Joey's pancakes. So uh, mm. yeah, we love it. <laughs> we love it up here in Maggie Valley. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard anything different all week. I, you know, I'd say the last day or so. You know. <laughs> Yesterday, I thought I was just going to get on the road and ride up here and have a <laughs> nice weekend. And then, bam, 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 my phone's going off while I'm passing Asheville. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Oh, yeah, Monty's stuff is coming out today. Yeah. And then and then I forgot about McLeod. And then you know, it rolled into some calls last night about just some practice stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think, JC, um, you know, the only thing that's been concerning to me uh, is is the guys who've been banged up, not in the fact that they're going to be out for a long time. You just really like them to be able to get their work in and try to be as sharp as they can because, you know, I continue to say this. I mean, the conversations surrounding the start of the season continue to defer to Arkansas and then Georgia, and it's like, oh, God, if they beat Arkansas, they're 2-0, and and game day is coming to Columbia. Yo, Georgia State's not bad. And, and I'm not saying, look, this isn't one of those things where it's like, this is, hey, this isn't Lou Holtz, right? We're not going to Lou Holtz this thing, you know, where Erskine's going to come in and beat us or something. Now, that's not what I'm saying. 
I'm being serious. Georgia State is not bad. Now, more than likely what's going to happen there is Georgia State's going to get worn down in the trenches, and that's where Carolina will probably pull away in the second half. That's what that's kind of what you hope. Yeah. But but they're not bad. And so, you know, you want your guys to be sharp in that first game. And um, so, you know, that's been a little concerning. But from what I understand, there's nothing that's really serious. They're working out the kinks, and they'll be fine. All right, Jamie Bradford, thank you for joining us, jumping on, and uh, enjoy your uh, uh, what looks well, – I just wish I was there. Here. Well, on that porch. Yeah, yeah. Man, I have oh. a cold fill. Yeah. Well, what are we doing? We, we should all three just be there pounding – I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, that's what I was doing. Flint called me last night about midnight, and he said, are, are you asleep? I said, hell no, I'm sitting in a hot tub. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, that sounds great. Well, uh, J- Jamie, thanks for jumping on with us, uh, and we'll talk to you here on the show on Wednesday, man. Yeah, and just, you know, i am just got to say it again. I'm proud of Monty Lee, and I'm happy he's home. He, this is where – this is a, a, a different version, but a similar story to Shane Beamer coming back to where he's supposed to be and glad Monty's home. Gamecocks, are gonna, gonna, they're going to win from this. All right. Thanks, Jamie. See ya. Y'all See have you. a good weekend. <laughs> Jamie Bradford jumping on kind of like in a, you know, that's a kind of like an emergency segment, I guess. We got Chris Phillips coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, I'm sure he's got some takes on this as well. Wanted to also mention that I didn't mention at the top of the show. Hour number one's always presented by Cindy Searfoss, Realtor, Caldwell Baker Kane in my hometown of Spartanburg, the upstate of South Carolina. Certainly appreciate her and appreciate all of you um, on the Nana's Porch chat box. So we'll uh, we'll catch up on the chat box here for a second. Right, <laughs> and forgive me for coughing because I uh, still have a little bit of a cold. Uh, Corey says, is there an update on Lloyd and Bill Smith? Saw a picture with Lloyd having an ankle taped, and he's been missing. Uh, they're just trying to keep him upright, keep him off of it. It's not, from what he said and everybody else has said, it's not a huge deal. Uh, that said, I'm going to continue to maintain uh, for you guys, the fans, I understand after what everybody's been through around here the last 10 years with injuries <laughs> and, and, and not uh, not knowing exactly what the the, the – the, I mean, last year I felt like I was a doctor. And, and trying to like <laughs> diagnose uh, what exactly was a broken foot and what wasn't. So uh, I'm not going to do that this year. Um, I can just tell you what I've been hearing. And, you know, I, I think obviously uh, South Carolina's got depth at running back. And, um, you know, if there's missed time, there's just missed time. It's part of the game. It's unfortunate. You got to stay healthy. Uh, but, and I hate it. You know, I hate that we read Marshawn Lloyd's the one that, that or one that's, said in the not practicing because he's just been through so much. Gabe got Pastor tunes in. He says, Pastors work Sunday through Thursday, so I can tune in live on Fridays. Happy to be here. Y'all are crushing it. That's a oh, I, I, mean, I need to send him an inside the Gamecocks t-shirt. Give him uh, some gear, yeah. <laughs> Danny Watts says, what's going on, guys? What's up? Uh, I answered Craig's uh, question. Clint says, happy Friday. Cartwright's like, hey, hey. Brian says, morning, fellas. Good week for the Cox. It definitely was. Pastors, I love having JB back twice in one week. Let's go. Uh, Sully Nat comes in. Happy Friday. Looking good, guys. Except JC's fro. Yeah, it's getting there. It's rounding uh, out. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's, it's a, hopefully we're sitting here in November, Phil, and, and I look like, you know, a goat herder. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd be happy. I'm hoping I'll, so. Yeah, man, I'll take it. I'll take it all the way. Uh, Craig, Joey's pancake house. Uh, North Augusta plays Dorman next week. Cartwright asked about Chad Terrell. Heard he was injured. We hadn't seen him out there, so I think that's probably a safe assumption. Safe assumption. Uh, and I guess Beaver hadn't been in front of the media to answer questions about it. Maybe. Uh, my man says thanks for the podcast, gentlemen. Go Cox. Right back at you, Jay, a job faller. Um, and you know, Christian Bill Smith in a boot, yeah. And look, the boot, there's lots of guys in boots, don't don't let the boot freak you out. Uh, I've seen guys in boots on Tuesday and they play the you know 40 snaps on Saturday. That's a lot of that's precautionary. Um, uh, again, I don't want to go be a, like a mobile medical doctor this year and try to diagnose guys. Um, Luke says, first time listening to the new show, I heard about it from JC being on the Daily Crow of the Spurs show. Yeah, thanks. I was on, yeah. uh, on Thursdays there, and we, we have Chris on here in about five minutes, and uh, he's going he's gonna to be on probably every week with us, but, or, yeah, every week, but we're going to move this segment around so it doesn't get, you know, stagnant. We, we're going to have mental edge on Tuesdays, Bradford on Wednesdays, and then everybody else will be frequent, but it's going to be at different times and different days. And we got some, we got some blockbuster guests getting lined up for next week. So uh, we're fired up about that. Um, and uh, Franklin says Bill Smith at a boot using one of those scooters on the photo gallery. Yeah. If it's an ankle Franklin, they're, they're going to have him in a boot on the scooter to stay off of it. Because a, a spr- an ankle sprain, especially a high ankle sprain, we've all here we go being a doctor again. Uh, <laughs> high ankle sprain, you know, back during the, the, the Spurrier era, uh, you know, high ankle sprain, or even the Holtz era. I think a high ankle sprain basically caused Demetrius Summers the one, I guess, the one or two years he played uh, to not really be the same back, you know, and it was a high ankle sprain the whole year. So uh, that's the deal there. Um, yeah, so there we go. Uh, oh, one more thing. Will King says, Love the show, JC, but your Jaden Bradford news that was only like negative news. A 2024 quarterback, Jaden Bradford, I put in a crystal ball to Penn State. Uh, for him, that's just kind of how it's shaking out right now. Uh, my understanding is it's not even so much about if Reno reclassifies or something like that. Um, uh, I guess that's just the ebb and flow of recruiting. I really kind of need to dig into it from a from a South Carolina standpoint, like what they think about that kid and all that. Cartwright says, are we all underestimating Amos? I feel like this guy's a lot like Brandon Wilds. That's a good comparison, Cartwright. He's a, uh, Amos is a really good back. You know, you put him in there. Uh, he says he's breaking tackles left and right, even in the practice film they released. Yeah, he's, he's good. You know, in 2020, when they had like 40 people on the team by the end of the year, uh, Rashad got some carries, right? And he looked pretty good. Uh, and last year, um, you know, we didn't know this. This was another one of those injuries we didn't know about till later. Uh, everybody's kind of speculating. They're like, oh, is Amos going to transfer or whatever? They hit the portal. And, um, no, he was just uh, injured <laughs> and kind of redshirted and played on the, you know, got on the scout team at the end of the year and did really well. I'm, I, I think in the spring game, too, Phil, Amos looked good. Yeah, yeah, he definitely had his moments in the spring, and we've seen it before, like you said, in 2020. So um, that's why, you know, we keep hearing about, you know, Lloyd and uh, CBS being out. But, I mean, 
don't sleep. We still got Juju. We got yeah. <laughs> Amos. Yeah, we, we got guys back there. We're gonna be okay. <laughs> Let them heal. <laughs> yeah, cer cer certainly not wanting you guys to to pull away from the show, but I, I think you can. Uh, uh, Shane Beamer's gonna be on Fine Bomb this afternoon. Uh, mm. Is it now? He said in thirty minutes. Fine Bomb on that early? I don't know. I don't. I haven't listened to Fine oh, Bomb. He's doing while. a he's doing a Twitter space. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw I caught that last night. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. All right, uh, gonna take a break. Chris Phillips, Spurs Up Show coming up on the other side of this break. Uh, always good to catch up with Chris, always high energy. Uh, we'll be back after these messages. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. Our Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker King. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Game. Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina 
very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Ah. All right. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, uh, hour one. I'll, obviously, City Sear Foss, Coldwell Baker King, we're going to go out to, and you just heard the commercial for Meredith Taylor, uh, McKellar Enterprises, the McKellar Enterprises guest line, and bring in for the second time here on the show, Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show. How's it going, man? Phil, JC, what's up, man? Doing well? Uh, we're on the road right now. Obviously, not my normal setup. We had a great event last night at uh, – Carolina Ale House in Augusta, Georgia. So we're doing well, man. We're doing well, just getting after it. Two weeks, two weeks. It's crazy. Two weeks from today, we'll be locking in predictions, or at least I'll be locking in my prediction for the Georgia State game. Full breakdown, preview, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's obviously the emotions and everything, everything's really ratcheted up. You know, starting to set in, kickoff just around the corner. Heck, next weekend we got week zero. So I'm pumped. Hey, I'm okay. pumped to watch Nebraska and Dublin and watch Vandy go to the island. I don't know about you That's guys, right. but uh, I'm excited I, for some football, some real football. Uh, one of my friends is on staff at Vandy, and I was like, how did you swing road trips to Hawaii and UNLV the next two years? Vegas too bad. That's not a bad road trip. You, we may not win, but we, we have a lot of good road trips uh, at Vandy, I guess. But, um, okay, so, so, Chris, lots of news yesterday. Like, did it, it hit – uh, while we were on, it hit after we were on, um, you know, it, it, after then I was on with you. I mean, it, it was just a, a barrage. Crazy of like Thursday. Good, Crazy new, good news, I think. Uh, first, I want to get your, your reaction to the Monty Lee thing. Uh, it's kind of odd to have big baseball news this time of the year, but that's pretty significant. Uh, and uh, I think it's fortunate for Mark Kingston uh, that Monty was available uh, given that uh, Chad Kaye's decision to kind of step away from coaching and move back home. Yeah, and I think it was an awesome pickup. And just crazy turn of events, right, with uh, with Chad stepping down and, and Monty obviously getting relieved to his duties at Clemson. And, and I'll tell you this, I was surprised that Monty did not have more success in Clemson. I mean, blame whatever mm-hmm. uh, his coaching style or just the recruiting or just whatever happened. It just didn't work out. But, uh, you know, I've got a unique advantage point, guys, because I, I, I myself played baseball and I graduated class of 09 from North Augusta and then played in college. But I played with guys, a lot of guys that were recruited by Monty while he was at South Carolina. One of my really good buddies played for Monty at College of Charleston. And I, I tell you the thing, why I'm so happy that Monty is coming home. I mean, number one, obviously, what he did for the Gamecocks, 03 to 08, really assisting, you know, being Ray Tanner's right-hand man and helping build those those basher teams with Smoke, Havens, Darnell, Disher, Travis Jones. I mean, you think of all those great teams and setting up 10, 11, 12, right, for all that to happen. Um, 
But everybody I've ever talked to that that knows Monty, that was recruited by him, that's played for him, they love him. I mean, they'll go to war for the guy. And and that was my, you know, not to turn this into a Mark Kingston conversation. We'll have plenty of that in the spring. But that was my biggest gripe is I was like, you know what, listen, I, I applauded Clemson for making a move because as much as I like Monty as a person, he didn't get the job done. But it was like Monty Lee's such a likable guy. Everybody you talk to – um, adores him. So I, I think at fir- first things first, he's going to do wonders in that locker room, bringing that team together. Um, he's going to, uh, you know, I don't know how long he's going to be there. I don't know what the future of kind of baseball looks like, you know, how long he's on staff. But if he's there for an extended period of time, it's going to immensely help recruiting. It's immensely going to help recruiting in the state, which is most important. And we, we've heard rumblings about that hasn't exactly been a strong suit over the last couple of years of Mark Kingston, the staff. So, um, I mean, a major plus, major addition. You know, I, I know some some folks in the upstate will chirp and say, you're taking our sloppy seconds. It was like, you took our sloppy seconds first. Like, he, he's coming home. You know what I mean? He was a Gamecock. <laughs> he was a Gamecock first. I mean, just call it what it is. He was a Gamecock first. So, yeah. And, 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 and that's funny coming from a fan base that has Brad Scott on their staff, right? I mean, that just, right. Yeah. It, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, Brad Scott. I was going to bring up Brad Scott. And yeah. that, was, uh, that was a big deal, you know. So, yeah, I, I'm with you, Chris, and uh, we had JB on earlier, and it, I think the consensus around the Carolina baseball community at large, and that's fans, uh, people with connections like yourself and JB, and my guy John Whittle that covers it, you know, I mean, they everybody is overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. Uh, and should that. help on the hitting side of things, too, just to take it back to on field. <laughs> I mean, I, I know his Clemson teams didn't swing it great, but uh, I, I think, obviously, this is a team that has struggled to hit over the last couple of years. And I think that'll be, of course, again, the number one focus going into the 2023 season. And Monty Lee should certainly assist there. So, uh, yeah, just excited to have him back home, man. It, it's always cool when you can bring a guy like back like that. And, again, it's just if he wasn't so universally liked, maybe it would be different. But, again, it's it's having the vantage point I have of guys that were recruited by him and played for him and, I mean, I've never met somebody that had anything but glowing reviews of Monty Lee. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited he's back. All right, so we had some uh, a lot of recruiting uh, news rolled in yesterday, and it was uh, not just the Xavier McLeod commitment, which I think it's another uh, four-star uh, in-state defensive line uh, prospect. I call it D-line heaven for a reason because the, the Carolinas put out just crazy sick defensive linemen every year. Uh, Xavier's in. Uh, he was the first welcome home. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so no, there's no mystery out there anymore. But, uh, you know, your take on that. And then after that, Nick Harbor uh, sets an official visit. Um, so you got that news. And then uh, all of a sudden it was like four-star defensive lineman Xavier Hardy out of Georgia may be coming Carolina's way. Uh, and then Desmond, I call him Desmond U, four-star defensive end uh, from, from Baltimore, the I guess it's Upper Marlboro, Maryland. I don't know exactly. My DMV suburbs are getting mixed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like uh, some crystal balls are rolling in for the Gamecocks over Ohio State mm-hmm. uh, for that kid. So Carolina in the in the next uh, before the season kicks off could beat Ohio State and Georgia head to head back to back on two defensive line. That's impressive. What, JC, what was the stat you gave me on the show yesterday about? Uh, I think it was blue chip defensive lineman the Gamecocks have landed since what oh nine or ten or something like that. Like well, it was crazy it, number. I didn't go that far back. I went back to uh, nineteen. So the last oh, five. 19, okay, okay, nineteen. Now I could probably go back further, and it's probably still a high percentage. Yeah. But uh, four star or above in state D lineman. There have been eight of them since yeah. the class of twenty nineteen. Okay, and with McLeod in, uh, the Gamecocks have six. So so that's, that's kind of uh, that's yeah impressive. that's kind of the deal there. So I. Uh, <laughs> 
I, uh, I and, and the ones they lost, Justice Boone and Tyrone Ingram Dawkins, were during the, yeah. the not only during the pandemic where they couldn't visit anywhere, but also during the coaching transition from Muschamp to Beamer, which you're going to lose guys. In that yeah, well, and JC, you mentioned it yesterday. I mean, obviously getting McLeod, and I, I think most of us expected that, but the kid from Camden, just keeping a big-time guy like that at home, you know what I mean? He, he obviously could have went basically anywhere, and you, you saw his final four he came down to, some big-time schools. So I, I think it's always a victory, obviously, when you're keeping those type of guys home. I mean, like you mentioned, uh, you know, in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, we saw all those guys going to Tennessee and Georgia and Florida State. And, and, and so, I mean, I, I thought it was crazy hearing Marcus Latimer more on, on when Mike Yuva was doing his podcast, mm-hmm. hearing Lattimore say that he almost picked Auburn because top prospects didn't go to South Carolina. And it's just like, that was the narrative just forever. If you were really, really good, you didn't go to USC, right? So um, obviously Beamer understands the importance of in-state recruiting. And, uh, you know, anytime you have a guy like that in your backyard, like you mentioned Camden, just down the road, basically, um, you want to keep him at home. As far as the Nick Harbor thing, man, that, that's really interesting. Um <laughs> I mean, dude, obviously you'd love to land. I, I will say this because you mentioned all the prospects. And I mean, I, I, I've, I've never doubted Shane Beamer on the recruiting trail. I, I feel like he's he's going to do everything right when it comes to recruiting. And obviously it's about creating or, or getting incremental wins and elevating the classes slowly but surely. But, uh, you know, they, they are most certainly, when you look at the prospects, the final couple of guys, they're, they're getting in the right living rooms, I feel like, with the right guys you need. I love the fact Beamer's focusing, obviously, on line of scrimmage getting these pass rushers, getting these offensive linemen in this class because I look back at 10, 11, 12, 13. I mean, that was the biggest difference, bro. We had guys like Devin Taylor and Cliff Matthews and J.D. Clowney and Chaz Sutton, and the list just went – you know, again, I've, I've talked with Brad Long. He's like, Chris, we were we were 9-10 deep. I mean, we just – we could just rotate it. Like you mentioned, depth. You know, we haven't had depth a lot of times. Like, that was the time in the history of Carolina football we had depth. And, and it showed. Every week it showed. We were able to get after the quarterback, stop the run, what have you. So – uh, Nick Harbor, again, you get him on campus. You get him in the, the week for the Georgia game. Wish it wasn't a noon game, obviously. You mentioned what, what the heat will probably be like, which I tell you right now, it's kind of unseasonably cool. So if we could somehow, like, get this <laughs> into early September, I doubt it. It'll probably be 105 degrees. A um, false fall. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. A false fall. That's false it. False fall. That's it. Um, yeah. We, looking at, the, you know – this year, you know, I mean, we're doing obviously Beamer's doing really well. And I think uh, we were talking with Michael Flint yesterday and that uh, Beamer's been able to successfully navigate the portal to shorten that curve, you know, of rebuilding the program. Yeah. And I think that really is going to reflect. But yeah. um, it, but, through you know, through that, with all the portal additions that we've had this year, I think that um, Spencer Rattler, you know, obviously is a key piece to that. But I think. And it's something I thought before was the current players that we have on the roster are actually going to be elevated and we're going to, they're going to surprise us, even though all these big names are coming in, you know, Stogner, obviously everybody's going to help. It's a team effort, but um, who do you think is really going to kind of step up that's been on the team already from an offensive standpoint? We talk a lot about who's on defense going to come out and show up and all that, but where do you see the offense going with the players that were there last year? Well, I think on the outside, Xavier Leggett's obviously a guy we heard his name, and I, it's funny. I feel like there was there was two, three years in a row I picked Leggett to be the breakout player, and it just never really happened. And you can, and you can blame multiple Guilty. things. Yep. Sam, quarterback, to O-line yeah. play, what have you. So when I look at the – because I feel like this with the receivers, because, again, we're going through right now breaking down all these position units. I feel like we all feel pretty solid about what Josh Van's going to give you 
Antoine Wells was going to give you, even Corey Rucker. I mean, a bit of a mystery, but I, I feel confident he's going to be a contributor. But it's it's that group for me out of Jalen Brooks, Xavier Leggett, Dak Joyner, and Amarian Brown. It's just like, all right, who's going to step up? Like, which one of these guys is going to make an impact? And so Leggett, I think, is a guy certainly, you know, JC talked on our show, you know, we, we've been – You've been hearing a lot of great things about him over the summer and fall camp, and maybe he's finally ready to burst out. Not even be like a, a number one option, but just be a dependable week-in, week-out guy who can snag three, four balls, make an impact for you every now and then, you know what I'm saying? So, um, a tight end, <clears throat> I've been talking about this guy all preseason. You know, obviously, Bell and Stah are going to get the love. I love Trey Kenyon. I just love what I saw from him in the spring game. I mean, honestly, he, looks, he looked faster to me, Chris, and he, yeah. he looked faster to you. Yeah, I, I love what I – and I just love the fact that Kenyon – showed the willingness in the spring game to like get out there in front of the runner you know get out there in front of the ball carrier and like put his body on the line like I, I can respect that you know what I mean he's like a team guy he's like he's not gonna catch 40 passes this year or something crazy hand in the dirt type dude that's just gonna get dirty in the run game and we need that we need that right we need that type of guy so I I like Kenyon a lot on the offensive side too um other than that, I mean, I thought it was really interesting to hear that Lavasia Carroll was taking carries at RB one with with Beal Smith and and Lloyd out. So maybe, maybe hey, maybe maybe carries like last year's a Quandre White and just comes out of nowhere and and uh, is a big time player for us. I'll tell you, don't don't count him out. That kid coming out of high school, I mean, there he was ranked appropriately five star I mean, player. I mean, yeah, five-star yeah player. I mean, really, five, I mean, he runs uh, laser time four five two. Uh, it's just a matter of getting back into the groove and running back after uh, I played corner for Muschamp last year. Uh, <laughs> got a ring and then came to Carolina. So I, but to, to Phil's point, by the way, the most intriguing thing about all these position units when you talk running back, receiver, tight end, it's just yeah. what is the Rattler effect? Like how, how yeah. much does he impact positively? Like I look back thinking last year Josh Van had almost 700 receiving yards, 650, something like that. Jaheim Bell had just under 500 receiving yards. It's like how much better are they going to be? with a guy that can actually – like, how many times – you know, I'm not going to pretend like I've sat down and watched every pass play from a season ago, but it's like, how many times were there plays left out there that Ooh. they were open that they just couldn't get the ball? You know yeah. what I mean? So, oh, and how does Rattler change that? What is his impact? So, because I've been grading these position units. It's like, this might be a whole letter grade higher if the guy under center – lives up to his hype and expectations. So that, exactly. that's a really exciting part too. And I, and, I, and I saw you gave the receivers a B minus. And I, I thought, I thought that was a fair grade because, uh, you know, I, when I, when I do the do grades like that, you know, I'm, I'm usually like, well, you don't do it until you do it, you know, until you right. do when it's just potential, you got to grade them on, you know, what you don't, what you see. Uh, and, and you're right. It, it could go up to like an A minus or whatever, especially, uh, and, and there's a photo on the bigspur.com from the last open practice. John Whittle got it. That was Xavier Leggett is going up like he, he looks like Brian Edwards uh, did in that catch he made against Tennessee a couple of years ago. Um, and, and so I'm, you know, I, I've been on the bandwagon for XL for a couple of years now. So uh, I'm probably going to join you on that one. And I, you know, the, the, the Brooks Leggett Brown. Uh, you know, a trio or whatever, uh, you know, they're all so different. They bring different things to the table. I think Brown needs to be a nine route and go guy. Just get him open deep, bust it. Like I like Demir Bird. Uh, but uh, the others are very intriguing. Uh, Joyner and all those guys bunched up together. Uh, talking with Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. He's with us every week. We move him around because we like a little variety here. Uh, I'm on the Spurs Up Show on Thursdays, uh, right after we get off here and certainly encourage all of you to tune in. For all of Chris's episodes and all of our episodes, um, so you know, you, 
you kind of look at it. We got two weeks to go. Uh, Marcus Satterfield was uh, met with the media, so Clayton White and Pete Lumbo, but uh, had a lot of interesting things to say about Rattler in terms of practice progression. Uh, and, and it was like uh, he started off and, and said, well, you know, he, he was good last week. He said, when we say he's not getting rid of the ball, it doesn't mean he's not good. He's really good. Uh, and then he's like, what was encouraging to me is Satterfield said, well, this week, he's gotten even better. <laughs> and so that's exciting to me because, you know, a lot of times it's like, well, God, I hope this guy can go out and play uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, and you're kind of fingers crossed about the quarterback spot. But th- this, to me, it's, it, it, uh, Chris, it seemed like elite guy locking in yeah. to where he's peaking right there at, at the beginning of the year. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what, yeah, that's what it's all about. And I was just going to say, guys, is that, you know, I'm not worried about what this team looks like when it plays its best game, right? I'm just worried about how quickly are we going to get to that point where we're playing damn near close to our best game. Like, like we need to come out of the gates hot, you know what I mean? Because, you know, we were joking around. I was joking around with Tim Hill yesterday about, like, the hypothetical of Georgia State doing the unthinkable. But, I mean, as you guys, we discussed, it's, it's not one of those games where you can just roll your helmet out there. This isn't EIU again. We can't just go out there and – you know, just it's a it's a spring game 2.0. Like Georgia State will come in motivated. Georgia State will come in with an expectation to win. Bottom line, so it's it's about you know not just winning in week one. Like a, a lot of this season, you know, based off whatever you want to pick your prediction, but how South Carolina wins and loses games, and um, Georgia State's going to set the tone for Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to set the tone for Georgia, and Georgia could set the tone for the rest of the year. So uh, it's a really intriguing start to the season, of course. So. Um, yeah, no, I, I love hearing that from Satterfield. Obviously, I, I think it's interesting hearing their practice comments. I think a lot of things it's, I mean, I, this is just me talking from the outside. I would think as you, these coaches, you want to say things where it's like you want to be encouraging and every coach has different philosophies, but you want to be encouraging, but you also want to be challenging guys like, mm-hmm. Hey, never be complacent, never be satisfied. But also you don't just want to be, you know, m- most people don't want to take like the Lou Holtz approach and be like, we just stink come to South Carolina because you're a loser. You're terrible. Like loser. interesting logic, coach. Interesting logic. But, uh, Georgia you, State punt block team. Right. Yeah, you'd kind of like to be more in the middle. Uh, but, but yeah, so no, it's, it's it's great to hear about Rattler, and and obviously you hope that he's as close to playing. His best game, that offense is close to clicking on all cylinders. Obviously, this is a football team that's going to get better from week one to week 13 or what have you. But uh, how quickly can they get to playing their best game or, you know, close to it? Because, again, you could argue that in weeks two and three, they're going to need to play high-quality football to win. Bottom line, I I don't see either one of those games as games where – you know, they're going to be able to go in and Arkansas is just going to hand them the game. You know, Arkansas yeah. is going to play their worst game in their in their SEC opener at home. Georgia is going to come in as the defending national champions in, in their SEC opener and just just lay an egg. You know what I mean? I, I don't really see that being the case. If Carolina wins one of those two or both, it'll be because they went out, executed, and beat the opponent. So, uh, But it's definitely encouraging to hear, man. And, and like I said, it's uh, it'll be really, I mean, just really intriguing and really fun to watch on, uh, on September the 3rd. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. Now, are you, what do you do the night before uh, football season starts? Because are you one of those guys that's like Christmas when you're a kid, you can't sleep? Or uh, I mean, I guess it's a little different now because there are games Thursdays and Friday nights. Like, but, but, you know, back in the day when it just yeah. all of a sudden you woke up one Saturday and when cartoons goes off, football's on. Uh, you know, I, I had I had trouble sleeping. I'll just be honest. I, I would always, and I, honest to God, I still do to this day. I've 
uh, before the infamous 2019 North Carolina game in Charlotte. Uh, I, was, I was living in Atlanta, right? So uh, and we sponsored these watch parties at a place called Dive Bar. Mm. And I was so excited. I, I stayed up the whole night. And, yeah. uh, and, and then <laughs> rolled over there at about at 2, 3, 30, whatever the game started. And uh, probably had to be carried, you know, I had to had to get in the bed pretty early that night, <laughs> you know, because of it. But uh, so what's your kind of, well, you know, when you're leading up to that game day, it's kind of, it's Chris Phillips. Yeah, I mean, obviously the adrenaline's pumping. I, you know, it's funny though, I, I will hot take, I will say I don't have a ton of trouble sleeping because we stay getting after it so hard the week leading up to the game that I'm like, now it's time to rest a little bit. You know, it's funny, man. I've, I've always, and, but I, I am the same way, man. It's always, <clears throat> it's like this surreal feeling when game day gets here. It's like we have been previewing and dissecting and just breaking it down every way you can for so long. And for game day, when it's finally game, you're like, oh, my God, it's actually here. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel like – I almost felt like we actually weren't going to get here. It was just going to be the, pre- the preseason forever. You know what I mean? So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's a surreal feeling for sure. But, man, I've always looked at game day as, like, this is the reward. You know, we, we yes. put in – and I guess the players look at it that way too, right? But in a, in a content creator space, you look at it as, you know, we put in all this work during the week, breaking it down, previewing, doing interviews, having guests, and we love doing that. But game day is the time to enjoy. Like, here it is, right? We get to enjoy the game. We get to take it in. Uh, you know, this is what we've been looking forward to all week long, all preseason. So for me, uh, the night before the game, I mean, a little bit of some of it depends on kit when kickoff is, you know, so obviously, yeah. uh, and now I live out of town. So like Georgia game, for example, that being a noon kickoff, I'll head down there the night before, stay the night, and we'll wake up bright and early, and we'll get out to the TSUS tailgate at Seawells. Everybody come out. You're more than welcome. Yeah, uh, see you and, then, and then for the road games, for the road games, we're throwing watch parties at all the Carolina Alehouse locations. I'm nice. Either, <laughs> I'm either at Willie B or at Carolina Alehouse for every That's game. But it's, it's a blast, man. It's it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And, but, no, certainly, I mean, this this uh, September the 2nd, I will be laying in bed a, a bit restless because I'm I'm sitting here right now. I mean, I'm, we're all just – we're ready, man. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. And, again, I'm, 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 I'm glad it's a night game um, in a lot of ways because I can kind of get in the groove of watching ball. And, and you know, you got that anticipation. I, I, I love it. Like, when Carolina's got a night game, it's like the halftime of that – Mid-afternoon SEC network game or, or CBS or wherever, and you you know it's coming up yeah. uh, and all that good stuff. I man, I have a little brunch when it's a night game. I, I mean, yeah. me and the missus go to a little brunch, you know, and then we get ready. We do it up right. I always, um, always wake up, cut on Sandstorm, cut on Patrick Davis, just a big old. Oh, yeah. Got to listen to that every game. It's just yeah. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. Uh, it's a awesome. buddy of mine, yeah, a buddy of mine. When I lived in Greenville, we we loved game days. They were second. He's a Tennessee fan, so we play a little Kenny Chesney and. Patrick Davis, all that on the boards. We were, yeah. uh, it was a uh, our neighbors hated us, but uh, you know that's just kind of how it was sometimes. Uh, so Chris, uh, you know, just kind of looking. Um, I guess the the, the this will be the final scrimmage, really the final full yeah. scrimmage. They'll have like a half scrimmage that comes up. You know, what what are you besides obviously, hopefully, some of these guys get healthy. Uh, what are you looking to hear out of the the, the final scrimmage here? I, I'm kind of looking for the offense to be. Crisp and 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 the word touchdowns kind of come to mind. Yeah, for sure. You, you want to hear obviously the defense. Uh, defense won the first scrimmage. I guess we could say defense was ahead yeah. of the offense, if you will. Uh, yeah. de- definitely more from the offense. I mean, I, I tried, and I'm sure you guys would agree. I, I try to not look too deep into what what they're going to say after the scrimmage. They're going to tell us exactly what they want to tell us. Um, this is great for the coaches and for the staff, for the players to learn a lot about themselves and what this football team is going to look like and 
who they can count on a week-in, week-out basis. Are we really going to learn anything? No, but I, I would say, obviously, coming out of it injury-free, um, you would like some of the guys that did not play last weekend, get them some reps. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly certainly got a guy like Josh Van, right? He knows what he's doing, but just for the just to be in the flow of the game and, and be in the offense and get your timing down and get your rhythm. So, I, you de- definitely the point you made, I, I just want to hear the offense was crisp. You know, no, no – uh, no, 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 no penalty, no stupid penalties, no, 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 you know, uh, false starts or anything like. You, you want to hear the offense is making positive progression to being in a rhythm, being in flow. Um, that doesn't mean we want to hear the defense was terrible or anything, but you know, again, it's it's a balance, right? That's the tough thing about fall camp and, and even spring camp yeah. when you're when you're just hitting each other. It's like if the offense has a good day, well, what do the defense do? Defense has a good day, well, what do the offense do? So it's you know, it, it's it's a bit of a balancing act there again. But I mean, priority number one, obviously, just come out with no injuries and. Like you mentioned, touchdowns, touchdowns, touchdowns. Red zone. Would love to hear some improved things on the red zone, and because obviously that's a huge facet of the game. But uh, you know, other than that, again, come out of it injury free, and and I think we'll be good to go. Yeah, I think that's. I think so too. Injury free. That's a. That's a Steve Spurrier always said it. Priority man. number one. Priority, Priority number one. Come one. out of injury free. Somebody got hurt. So we're good. <laughs> right. We're good. Right. Let's go. Uh, Chris, another great. Uh, another great. Uh, episode or segment i call it an episode it's a segment <laughs> episode two of chris phillips on the inside <laughs> the game guys the show uh really appreciate you man gonna have you on back next week looking forward to my conversation with you uh next thursday on the spurs up show as always you brought the energy you brought the thunder uh we appreciate it and i think all of our listeners out there and there's the numbers spiked when you came up by the way uh they're pretty fired up with you J.C., Phil, I appreciate it, man. It's always a pleasure. J.C., obviously looking forward to having you on on a weekly basis. And, Phil, it's always a pleasure to see your, your gorgeous face, my friend. Oh, thank you. for <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, y'all take care. We'll do it again next week. Take Maybe. care, Chris. Chris, Phil, Spurs up show. Man, he's he got – it's kind of – it's not just the energy. I, I find his takes are really good and all that. Not that I'm surprised by that. I mean, I, I'm not trying to, like, uh, say that surprises me, but uh, – I, I think I think he's, he makes a great point uh, about the injuries and, and not being able to tell anything uh, from a scrimmage because it's, it's like college football, right? I mean, you, you don't. We, we've talked about no preseason. I'd love to see him go like scrimmage Wofford. <laughs> Could you imagine the South Carolina Gamecocks go coming up to Wofford and scrimmaging them at, uh, over there, and uh, and if they lost? Yeah, that's. I was just about to say, and, and that's why they lose. Yeah, that's why they don't do it. They talk all this stuff mm-hmm. about player safety and stuff. Uh, that's not it, man. It's actually less safe uh, to go and just play games and never scrimmage. You know, right, because yeah. you're, it's a different type of competition, so it's less safe to not prepare. Uh, it's because coaches would lose scrimmages and get fired. Because you'd have to scrimmage like little guys, you know, and make it, you know, worth the while or, or whatever. Because you're not going to get any big schools scrimmage big schools, most likely. Uh, and it's because, you know, like Brian Harson at Auburn, like if Auburn scrimmage Samford. And, and in, a, in, a, in a scrimmage, it, it's it's not even like even like an exhibition game in the NFL. You're basically just running plays against, you know, your ones against their ones. And then you you may even have two different fields going at the same time. Uh, but uh, – Lo and behold, they'd keep score. Somebody'd be in the in the stands keeping score, and uh, oh, it, it would leak out. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and and they'd be like, oh, some Auburn fan, like y'all lost to Sanford in a scrimmage. Yeah, the next thing you know, you only got half a stadium for your home opener. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah little guy got his checkbook out. 
<laughs> and you're fired for losing the truth. That's why coaches don't want to do it because they, they know that you, you, there's a reason you don't keep scoring football scrimmages. So mm-hmm. that's it. All right, hour number one in the books. Brought to you by Cindy Searfoss. We got to uh, we got to tend to our chat box a little bit, Phil. We, we the do the clean chat up, box. Yeah. Is, uh, crazy. Uh, and so we we'll talk to some of these people at the top of the hour. Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer, is going to join us to talk about golf, football, the Gamecocks. Had her scheduled last week. She's going to be on every Friday uh, with us, and obviously she's a sponsor uh, of the Inside the Gamecocks. The show uh, sponsors our guest line. Uh, McKellarEnterprises.org. You'll hear the uh, the commercial. Uh, and if you're like me and need really a lot of help with golf, she's your person. She's your person. And she joins us at the bottom of the second hour. Inside the Game Guys, the show we're back after these messages. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Game. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. 
Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Let's say you need catering. You need a food truck. You just need to get some delicious food to feed some people. Nana's Porch is the place for you. I've known Chris, the owner, for years now. Uh, They helped with the Big Spur Golf Tournament. Uh, catering it. It was delicious. I highly encourage you uh, to go visit nanasporch.com. That's nanasporch.com right now uh, to take a look at their services, their menu items, everything you may need for your event, the professionalism, the food, the taste. uh, It's unrivaled. Uh, in this space. 336-259-7550 is the phone number. Or again, go to nanasports.com. We talk about them all the time. They uh, sponsor the chat line here on the podcast, but uh, wanted to tell you about it right here, straight from JC. Tell them JC sent you, uh, and please support this Gamecock-owned and operated business. Also a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Have we returned, Phil? We have arrived. We're back. And we're back on the mothership. (laughs) (laughs) What if we have like a George Clinton themed show? We're like, hey, groovy folks, welcome back to the mothership. I'm JC Sherbert inside the Game Coast podcast. This is Philly Phil right here, taking you through. (laughs) Groovy kids. This one's, uh, we just played 60s (laughs) records. Again, we just did it for like a week and didn't tell anybody that our fans, the fans, would just like peel off. They're like, ah, done what? it. Hey, I'm yeah. out. I'm out. <laughs> anyway, uh, Nana's porch chat box is overflowing. Cartwright uh, had that thing about Amos. That's where we left off. Uh, Noah says time frame for a Xavier and Hardy decision. My understanding is it's going to be probably before the season starts. Uh, mm. Don't, don't, don't. Don't tattoo me if that doesn't happen because I don't think an exact date has been set. But if you want a time frame, uh, I think that's uh, that's kind of it. Uh, Jafaller says, I feel like having Kitchens on staff. It's Freddie Kitchens, the former Cleveland Browns head coach, who is uh, now a senior offensive analyst or senior analyst at South Carolina. Uh, he's been friends with Shane Beamer for a long, long time. Those guys go way back. Um he says he feels like having kitchens on staff is going to play dividends, pay big time, pay dividends, pay dividends, play dividends. Am I reading that right? Pay dividends, big time. Uh, now, I reported a little bit of this in, in my Spur Notes column on, on the bigspur.com this week that he has indeed <laughs> made a very good impact. And, and I, and I want to be clear because I, I don't want it to be. Uh, a situation where people think, well, look, uh, if, if if Mark Satterfield's not getting it done, Freddie Kitchens is sitting right there waiting to take his job. That that that's not something Shane Beamer would ever do, uh, no. because that can ruin your staff. I mean, you, you, nobody can work in a situation where you've got your replacement looking over your shoulder. Um, and same thing with the baseball situation with Monty Lee. I, I think that. You know, Mark Kingston, and as Jamie uh, alluded to earlier, he has to, has to be comfortable with it because 
First time they lose a game, fire him. Put hey, money out. No. <laughs> money needs to be on. Put money in. Let's, let's activate money. Uh, uh, you know, and, and 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 so I want to be clear that it's not like that. But what what an analyst does is, and Kirby Smart said this, I think, best when he said they coach the coaches. You know, they coach the coaches. Uh, Will Muschamp last year before the staff shakeup, and he got back on the field um, after uh, they had a coach take a leave of absence. He was an analyst at uh, Georgia. And my understanding is he made a pretty big doggone impact on that crazy good defense uh, last year. Of course, he had players, you know, it's, 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 it, you're, uh, better players will make you a better coach. But uh, uh, Muschamp did a great job uh, for my Georgia folks, uh, according to that. And, and so that's similar to what Kitchen's role is, is to sit there and analyze, self-scout, coach the coaches. Oh yeah, yeah. I was happy when he came on board because it was like, yeah. yeah, what's what's wrong with another pair of experienced eyes? No, no doubt. And I, <laughs> and I think actually having that head coach pro experience, having formulated mm -hmm. game plans in that league week to week, where it's tough. Now, I'll say this: it's college ball. It's not pros. You can't you can't you can't be overly complex like you are up there because there's not enough practice time during the week. Uh, but I, I think. Self-scouting, looking at what works, looking at how people are stopping you, looking at how people are playing you, what they're having success with, what you can do to counter it. All those things go into coaching uh, and game planning and stuff like that. So uh, I think Freddie Kitchens having a guy that's had that level of experience uh, is always positive. Um, Gamecock Pastor says, I was restocking diapers for my daughter, but say I heard something about a T-shirt. Ha ha. Let me know if I need to email an address. <laughs> um, if I had them for free to give out, I would. I have magnets. I don't have t I only printed two T-shirts, one for me, one for Phil. <laughs> but uh, my fiance is working up something that, that I think you guys may like. Uh, if the Gamecocks win and my hair continues to grow. Gamecock scrunchies? I will wait and see. I don't want to jinx it because, I, like I said, I, I don't really care about my hair. I just uh, – Right, I, yeah. I, I'd, like to see, I'd like to see some wins for a change, man. Watch some wins. Um, so uh, – Oh, gosh. I can't believe it. Alexa turns on sometimes, picks up our conversations. Uh, Ryan says, how much do the Gamecocks match up against the rest of the SEC by position group? Just curious y'all's opinion on it. Seems like we have pretty good talent or age or experience at most groups. Uh, you know, like your question earlier, Phil, about the players returning, I think, I think those are important parts uh, along with the newcomers. Uh, without having seen the rest of the SEC yet and just sort of glancing at their personnel, I'd, I'd say South Carolina talent level-wise is middle of the pack in the league if you just go off talent. Um, but if you throw in the fact that there's a lot of veterans, a lot of experience on this roster, uh, you know, it may be a little bit better, uh, you know, because you, you, you'll have like, like Texas A&M, for example. If you're just going off raw talent, their defense may pro probably will have more future. Well, should theoretically have more future NFL guys on it than you know anybody outside of Bama or Georgia. But yeah. they're going to be. I mean, they lost all of their D linemen from last year, so they're going to. 
And they brought in all these five stars, right? But they're going to be young. Uh, yeah. and, and a young guy at D-line against a, a grown man in the middle, grown man strength, man. Uh, you know, man that, that kid's probably going to play in the NFL one day, and the, the grown man on the inside may not. But a grown man's going to get him, you know. Yep. And, and, and so that's that's kind of a, the interesting part and in why, uh, you know, deep down inside I'm probably more bullish on this season than I'm letting on. Uh, is because of that age and, and experience and uh, all that and the mix of young and, and old players. And, and, and I just – I like the roster a, a lot. Yeah. You know, some of these guys you know, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say position group-wise, I mean, you know, I think the tight ends are probably top two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, preseason, we could look at it that way. Um, but it's hard to call it before you see the product on the field, like to your point. It, it was like you got to see it. You know, you're going to have to play – like our D line should be good. I mean, really good, but it hasn't shown it yet other than, yeah. you know, bits and pieces and flashes. So it was like, you just, you know, let's play a few games and then kind of size it up. But you know, you never I, know. Mm-hmm. I, I like the game guys, D back defensive backs, uh, especially oh, the tri- yeah. trio mm-hmm. of, of rush and dial and, and cam Smith and cam obviously has gotten all the off season accolades, but man, don't sleep on Woodruff, South Carolina product. Spartanburg County, mm-hmm. Marcellus Dial, or Darius Rush, who is, is um, developed into a NFL uh, radar corner. Right. <laughs> Amazingly, I mean, this, nobody thought this guy was ever going to play. And uh, look at him, look at him, look at you. Uh, so I like that group. Um, you know, offensive line has probably as much experience as anybody in the league. You know, and I'm sorry for that banging up. My mic stand is shaking for some reason. Uh, and uh, so they got, they have as much experience as anybody in the league, and, you know, we'll see how they do. And tight end group is good. And, you know, some people I've noticed have kind of ranked the Gamecocks receivers low. I, I don't think they're going to be bottom of the league. I would have done – probably they were last year. Probably definitely the year before. Uh, but that's it. So, I, you know, talent by just on paper – I think this 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 group is middle of the pack, but I'll tell you this: if you're just talking about talent, Spurrier's teams that won 11 games, just talent wise, probably fifth, sixth in the league. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even with all those guys that uh, mm-hmm. played in the NFL and were good players. Um, okay. Yeah, Mark responds to Jeff Fowler. Crazy, nobody's talking about kitchens. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mentioned it the other day, but you're you're right. It's a, that was a good staff addition, and and a lot of people around the building are saying it. Kirk Mason says, "Crazy, it took David Gutshaw to retire for a District Six. That's Dorman kid to become a Gamecock." Yeah, Kirk, I don't know, man. If that's gut, whether it was Gutshaw, I don't know. I don't. Uh, David Gutshaw took that job in the 90s. He was from Burlington, North Carolina. I think he's a North Carolina guy. Maybe Tar. I don't know if he's a Tar Heel, but he's, a, he's got North Carolina. I don't think he's a Clemson guy. And I don't know that it was Gutshall. Dorman's such a big operation. Uh, they probably had other people that were, you know, handling all that. Uh, I'll say this, though. Uh, I, re- I have a lot of respect for Gutshall, but and you, you do note the timing, Kirk, so you know that uh, you're right. I mean, what you say is true. Got Shaw retired, and all of a sudden, uh, top 100 offensive lineman from Paul M. Dorman High School. Uh, 
Spartanburg, Roebuck, Roebuck, South Carolina. <laughs> That's Roebuck. Walnut Grove Plantation, baby. Uh, and uh, it becomes a Gamecock. So, Quisi says, Monty Lee is the Mike Bobo of baseball. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> well, he posted uh, around a little later, and he was like, no, the Brad Scott. Monty Lee is the baseball. Brad Scott of college baseball. <laughs> well, keep in mind, Brad Scott was at Clemson for like 15 years, and they built a national championship uh, uh, winner. That's right. That's right. You know, I mean – Terrible head coach, but not bad at his job, old Brad <laughs> up there. <laughs> Painting the Gamecocks ass over the years, right? Right. Uh, yes. you know, and so, okay, uh, Craig says, anybody going to the kickoff party at Stillhands Brewery tomorrow night? Uh, that's the uh, it's a competing website, kickoff party. <laughs> I won't, I won't. <laughs> Hell, they wouldn't mention the Big Spur. It was the I Big will Spur not kickoff party. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, – I, I, but I do want to say the um, some of the sponsors and the people that are playing, Michael Haney's playing at that. He's a good friend of mine, of course, Patrick Davis. Uh, so I will encourage you, without mentioning their website, if you're in Columbia and, and, and you, you, you want to go have some fun and support some people that I really care about and like, uh, and the Gamecocks, go to the kickoff party. You know, there's no competing kickoff party. I mean, I'm going to be uh, cutting my in-law, future in-laws grass this weekend if it doesn't rain, <laughs> which is supposed to. Uh, so, yeah. So, Craig, that's all good. See, what a good guy. Uh, Mark Regal. I know everybody is on the O-line. I myself say, think the O-line play was overblown last year. That's an interesting point. I thought they had their moments. I thought they looked confused. Uh, there are times they got physically beat uh, individually, but that's going to happen in this league. Um, I think, I think the games that the line, different games, different results in different games, uh, for that spot had different sort of, it wasn't just always them, you know, uh, different reasons that those, uh, things happen. So hopefully, um, hopefully they, they, they come together. I mean, there's a lot of them there that this is their last year, like their fifth and sixth year guys, grown men, grown men. Yeah. Craig says he bets Clemson would take Chad Holt as an assistant. You think? Uh, Cartwright says, I'm loving Unity. I game podcasters, news people, fans here. There was a time when a lot of us would not have gotten a longer talk. Chris and I have had our fair share of arguments. Yeah, man, I know. I'll tell you this. It's, uh, I, I like dealing, you know, in this venue, you know, in, in obviously the, the website business is competitive, right? But in this, in this, the show and the in the the podcasting and sort of what I call the Gamecock audio ecosystem, uh, we all work together, you know, and and, and stuff like that, and uh, cheer for each other, and and I, I just think that all makes a better product. Now everybody loves a little drama, right? Oh, this guy's slinging poop on Twitter, this guy, and all, everybody loves that, right? Uh, but in a lot of ways, you know, sometimes it's like professional wrestling. I mean, I went on the Spurs Up show yesterday, and there's a, a blown-up picture of my face. Yeah, Literally, I look like I'm just yelling at somebody, red-faced, talking about Kentucky's a fraud, you know? Fraud. <laughs> and I started to feel bad about it because, I, you know, I'm not like a shock jock, hot take artist, uh, you know, that, that goes and yells on shows. But I, but I will get fired up, right? And so I, I'm sitting there, and I felt bad. I was like, man, was that a little off-brand for me, maybe? And then I was like, nah, screw it, man. It's like, this stuff's like professional wrestling. 
You know, right? Yeah. You know, people. You know, you, you're just out there. Yeah, sometimes it's good to say it's so hard for me to sit here with somebody all their money. <laughs> you know, Kentucky's a fraud. Woo. Uh, you're right, Cartwright. And it, it's been a pleasure having Chris on, JB. Uh, we're going to talk to Meredith Taylor. Uh, and uh, she's really, really good here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, anybody in the Gamecock, Keith Allsup, uh, Gamecock uh, ecosystem uh, is fine by us. Uh, Xavier says, I work Monday through Thursday, so I'm finally getting to listen live. Go Cox from Winnetchee, Washington. Woo! Winnetchee. Uh, that's oh wait, I, I just had a Pulp Fiction flashback, but that's Wanaki. Wanaki, yeah. Remember, yeah. Right? He was like, yeah. Uh, he, was like <laughs> he gave it to a gunner named Wanaki. Christopher <laughs> 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 Walken. Wow. That was a hell of a cameo. <laughs> this young man, not today, today, I give it to you. He died. A, he died of dysentery. You know. Um, also says the next Amos takes a step. Uh, Belmont says, I met Coach Holtz in person at a campus pep rally, spring 99. He said to a student, Phil Horseshoe, we'll be lucky to win one game in 1999. <laughs> and they won zero. I was say, he was right. <laughs> zero. Uh, Chase says, any intel on Aiden Williams? I don't think Carolina's getting him. Uh, that's my only intel on him. <laughs> uh, Quasi says, I was at the UNC game. I booed Muschamp for trying a field goal on fourth and one. He heard me. Yeah, that was a light crowd at that one for us on TV, too. It gave me his death stare. <laughs> that Muschamp death stare is crazy. Uh, Quasi says, Chris's fire Muschamp take was iconic and a bit prophetic at the time, mm-hmm. uh, I would say. Uh, and Mark says, I have a question for Phil. Are you any kin to Mo and Tommy Mullinax? Tommy was a professional golfer. I'll let Is that you the read golfer? It. Yeah, see, yeah. Um, professional golfer known for his insane trick shots, both great men and truly two characters. Not, not that I know of, um, but there's a lot of Mullinaxes up here, and, and a lot of us don't claim each other, so uh, maybe. Not that I know of. Like, no, yeah, I'm the film on axis. Narrows it down there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, so we appreciate all you guys uh, that are on the Nana's Porch chat box. It's always a lot of fun. It keeps everything going. Meredith Taylor coming up bottom of the hour to talk in Cox and golf. Um, and, and, and I'm going to say this before she comes on. She's going to kind of carry the golf conversation, right? Yes, I, I'm not good at any of it. <laughs> it's not my sport. I, I, I'm getting older, so I think at some point I'm getting back into it, right, Phil? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and all that. But right now, I'm not. I haven't played in 20 years, so uh, just uh, my experience is just know, listen to Meredith. Don't, don't listen to me. Don't listen. To, <laughs> I don't. I haven't. I'm assuming Phil hadn't played in a while. So I'm like, yeah. listen to her uh, on all of that. So we, we can't mm-hmm. wait to have her coming up. Also, uh, this hour sponsored by the Bergerson team at Remax at the Lake. You've heard the commercial. If you're interested in multifamily housing, uh, any kind of projects from around the state uh, commercially, please, please, please uh, give the Bergerson team a shout. They are great professionals and proud sponsors of the Inside the Gamecocks, the show, or Inside the Gamecocks podcast. 
whatever. So uh, we also have did, what? Did we throw up a poll question today? We did, and I didn't mention it. Poof. God. <laughs> that gum Jamie Bradford coming in. Totally, it was, yeah, we, we totally uh, caught that first hour on the fly. So, <laughs> By the way, Big Slamma Jamma has a question that's probably going to become a poll question next week. Uh, and I'll get to that in a second. I do want to mention the actual poll question. I uh, put it up on thebigspur.com, also on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, very simple. Uh, another stat one today. Over under on 7.5 total touchdowns for Jaheim Bell in 2022. He had five last year. One was – and I think two rushing ones were called back. So, I, I, went, yeah. over, I went over, Phil. Over so Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. I think yeah. so. I, I went over, and it looks like the people agree with me. Uh, 78% say over, 21% say under. Uh, you know, obviously, that's uh, that's on the big spur. That's a little tougher crowd than Twitter. Uh, <laughs> 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 For some reason, it's just a little bit more uh, – a little. they're a little bit more skeptical on um, – on there, uh, on the on uh, on the big spur than they are on Twitter, and I think I think it's significantly over uh, on the poll on Twitter uh, that we put up earlier. And yeah, we put that up every day, uh, both on the big spur and um, for our Twitter audience. And if you look at uh, the YouTube channel, we'll, we'll have a case. Sometimes I'll put the poll up there. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll just put a poll specifically for that uh, and all that good stuff. If you're interested in checking that out we have the i help consulting mailbag gonna go um gonna go here and oh my god belmont sent a life champion uh bell i wonder if we can can we get that up and show it to people oh uh maybe i maybe not hold on is it oh on twitter yeah yeah or or no no it's in the it's in the i help consulting mailbag yeah, VJ sent it in. Uh, anyway, it's funny, but he says, JC and Phil, I haven't been able to listen to most days, but I'm really enjoying the pod replays. And that's right. You can always get the show in podcast format. It's up within the hour. Um, and so you can listen to it anytime you want. You don't have to catch the stream to catch the show. You have to catch shows, catch the stream. But, um, he says, I've been enjoying the pod replays, and you guys are really starting to hit your stride on the comedic element. Keep the Spurrier impressions coming. I'd officially like to present End Times Inside the Gamecocks to show with its very first award for excellence in entertainment and life. And uh, keep on keeping on. And it's a life champion belt. <laughs> it's sharp, man. I'd like to I'd like to get one. Oh, let's see. Uh, a life I'm, champion belt. I'm in there now. Uh, oh, yeah. Man. Let's see if you can put it up. But uh, thanks, VJ, for that. VJ's been a longtime listener of mine. It's certainly... Uh, a great guy, Belmont. We call him Belmont. <laughs> we call BJ and, and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, Nana Sports chat line. Craig brings up a good point, Phil. You folks on the chat line, if you have questions for Meredith about golf or anything, please put them in. Uh, I'm kind of begging. All right, there's the life champion. <laughs> life champion. Look at that. Look at that, man. Look at I look a little younger in that. You picture. look a lot younger on that. Yeah. yeah. I, I was uh, 40. Those are 42, I think. I'm a man. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. But uh, 
so that's <laughs> happening there. But uh, that's a beautiful look with that life champion belt. And uh, for those of you that are just listening audio wise, uh, we'll put this up on the Inside the Gamecocks Instagram account uh, oh, at yeah, Inside yeah, the yeah. Gamecocks. So be sure to go check that out. I'll also tweet it out to all you folks and put it on Facebook. And guess what, Phil? Bottom Listen. of the hour. And it's time for Meredith. And Meredith's Meredith. in the Nana Sports chat line, and she's talking. But uh, please get your golf um, questions ready or questions about the Gamecocks, her career. We're going to talk about a, a lot of good stuff that's been going on with Meredith Taylor. Uh, of course, show got canceled last week because of the power outage. So she's making her debut here on Inside the Gamecocks. The show here shortly. We'll be back after these messages. That's what I get for showing that picture of the belt up there. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A B E. E-R-G-E-S-O-N at Remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Let's say you need catering. You need a food truck. You just need to get some delicious food to feed some people. Nana's Porch is the place for you. I've known Chris, the owner, for years now. Uh, They helped with the Big Spur Golf Tournament, uh, catering it. It was delicious. I highly encourage you uh, to go visit nanasporch.com. That's nanasporch.com right now uh, to take a look at their services, their menu items, everything you may need for your event, the professionalism, the food, the taste. Uh, it's unrivaled. 
uh, in this space. 336-259-7550 is the phone number. Or again, go to nanasporch.com. Uh, we talk about them all the time. They uh, sponsor the chat line here on the podcast, but uh, wanted to tell you about it right here, straight from JC. Tell them JC sent you, uh, and please support this Gamecock-owned and operated business. Also a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. All right. Welcome back, everybody. What, what happened to Meredith? She was there. Oh. I'm coming in. I'm coming in. There she is. What's ah, up? There. <laughs> What's up? Want to welcome in Meredith Taylor uh, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, former Gamecock golfer. Uh, obviously, you've heard the commercials. Um, I keep joking about how bad I am at golf, but uh, uh, I'm sure. I'm when sure are we going to get you on the golf course? I just have no idea. Come on, I mean, JC. I, you know, I need to get on it because my my buddies are in Illinois, in the neighborhood I live up in Illinois, and they they're all in their seventies, right? <laughs> we, right, we, right. We, 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 me and the lady, we up, up, up north you have neighborhood bars because it's cold, so so people don't you know congregate outside a whole lot. And, uh, you know, so so everybody's in their seventies and they all go and play uh, when the during the three months the weather's warm. Uh, and I feel bad because I'm like not in my seventies and I can't even pick up the bar. So uh, <laughs> we're anyway, gonna fix that. Don't worry, we gotta fix it. So uh, obviously, um, you know, so take us through what exactly has been going on. Uh, with with your playing and now transitioning into teaching uh, and all of that good stuff. Just give everybody kind of an update uh, sure. on, on where things are at with Meredith Taylor. Of course. Well, thank you for having me on the show, first of all. Love sure. the show. And hello, Gamecock Nation. I see everybody in the Nana's porch chat line um, <laughs> talking about talking about the golf courses. But, um, yeah, it's going to be great. I am finishing up. You know, obviously, I can't turn pro just yet because I'm going to play a couple amateur tournaments and that'll kind of finalize the quote unquote amateur career. Um, so I, I played last year um, with my big brother. We won the mixed championship here in South Carolina. And so that'll be kind of special as kind of my one of one of my final events as an amateur to play with my big brother. And we'll defend that championship um, in October and uh, coming up in a, in a week, I'll have uh, my final USGA event, which is the, USGA women's mid amateur 
who knows if I can qualify, but I'm, I'm like, why not? Let's take, let's give it one more shot yeah. um, and, and see if we can qualify for that. And if I do qualify, that's down in Florida in September. So a couple more months of, of my playing days uh, before I go full time into teaching and, and coaching. And so I, I'm really looking forward to it though. That's really my, my passion and, uh, and really just love helping people. And, and what a great game you, you can still play until you're 70 years old and just have a good time with your bros. I mean, that's, that's, that's so much fun. So you can play it at a high level. You can, you can play it on the weekends with, with friends. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that, that kind of next chapter. That, that's, that's, that's my attraction to golf. And it, you know, when, when I really got into playing I was playing a little rate. Well, I was in the newspaper business, so I kind of had Saturdays off at times. Uh, but you know, we I, I just kind of getting out on the course, smelling that grass. Yes, and then and, 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 oh. and the, the quiet nature of the game, and and the the you know almost the the, the thought that goes into it. You know, you could almost yeah. It's crazy. You could almost feel the thought. Feel a thought that was kind of. Well, it's almost a reference to it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. one of my buddies was like Sunday church. And then it's almost like I go to the golf course and have church again. Cause it's very like, <laughs> very, <laughs> it's just a reverence. It's, um, being out and out outdoors and on some of the most beautiful pieces of property that you can be on and just enjoy. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great game. Uh, yeah, well, and I, I enjoy anything you can uh, do sport wise that you can have a couple of beverages too. So that's well <laughs> Hey, I, I, I probably should. I'd probably be a better player if I did that. Probably better than did that. You're loosen up a little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, no doubt. I was thinking, uh, and just looking, you know, through some of the stuff you had sent us. Take take us through what it's like to be recruited as a golfer. Oh college. boy. Well, it's what, very what different these days. Um, <laughs> I probably, I joke with, with a lot of juniors. I'm like, I probably wouldn't have made it to South Carolina if it were in today's world, because I didn't, I didn't get into golf until high school and, you know, recruit re recruiting. I mean, goodness gracious. It's like a 12 year old shoots par and they're like, uh, do you want to be signed right now? Um, <laughs> but in, you know, playing multiple sports. I, I was a basketball player. I played other things. And so I didn't, I stumbled into golf because my dad and brother played. We got, um, long story short, we had badges uh, as patrons to Augusta National to the, to the master's tournament. Mm -hmm. And um, so my grandfather bought them back in the like late fifties, early sixties, when it wasn't the tournament that it is today. Today it's this mm -hmm. global, everybody yeah. who's not, I mean, if you're not even, if you're not a golfer, you know what the master's is. Um, but back then they were just begging people to, to buy, to buy badges. And so my, my granddad got ticked, got badges. And so right before high school, I went to the tournament and that is what sparked everything for me to see those PGA tour players up close at kind of the Mecca of golf on those hollowed grounds, um, where the greats have gone. I mean, that was, that was the spark that was like, Hey, let's go to the driving range when we get home. And it, it, funny story, the, the high school um, golf coach, Lexington high school uh, went to the country club of Lexington to hit golf balls for the first time. And the head coach was there and he looked at me like, I knew you were a basketball player. How long have you been playing golf? And, you know, he's seeing me hit balls. And I'm like, how, dad, how long have we been out here? And he's like, you're on the team. We need you to be. I'm like, I don't know the rules. He's like, I'll teach you the rules. It's fine. I don't know the rules. Yeah, you don't need to know the rules. You can smack a golf ball. We're good to go. You're on the team. And so I didn't know what I was doing, but you know, I shot. I picked it up very quickly. 
shot from the hundred, like my four years in high school, I was, it was hundreds, nineties, eighties, and then seventies. So it was just a very, very steep learning curve. And I really loved the game and, and the challenge of it mentally and just, um, all the things that come with it. But, um, you know, <laughs> to, to be recruited, uh, in today's world, I never would have gotten to South Carolina. Uh, I have my coach, Christy Coggins, who was my coach at South Carolina. She saw me at a South Carolina junior golf event playing against some of her highly touted recruits, and I beat them. And she was like, who in the world is this? Where did she come from? Because, you know, in the junior golf world, you're playing national junior golf tournaments all over the place to get, you know, in that ranking system to get noticed by the top SEC schools. I didn't even know that story existed because I came from basketball. So playing in those local South Carolina Junior Golf Association events really is is all I knew to do. Um, so thank goodness she was out there recruiting, you know, looking at her prized recruits. And then I happened to be there uh, playing really well. So, um, you know, the only thing that the only places that looked at me were D2 schools and and the the fact that I that there was a walk on opportunity at South Carolina was a a blessing, um, to be honest. So my my story is a little different than everybody else's. That's, a, that's a, an amazing story, though, and that's uh, that, that's that. So many things happen in sports that way, you know. Right. Uh, I, I know some football players that, um, you know, like back in the two thousands when college coaches could go to the Shrine Bowl, you know, these kids would arrive at Shrine Bowl week with no offers, you know, maybe. Right. Maybe Presbyterian wants them to walk on uh, and they'd leave with, uh, you know, maybe not everybody, but like a Georgia Tech or a Wake Forest would come in and get them. And those kids would go on and have good careers in the ACC. And uh, exactly. if it weren't for that showcase, you know, um, so you, you, so you grew up in Lexington. Were you Lexington High School? Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. I just uh, I, I got to the next line. I was like, OK, Lexington House here. A wildcat, right? I'm a wildcat. Uh, that's good. And, and attended the Masters and all that good stuff. But you also uh, are quite a uh, quite involved with the USC uh, Letterman, uh, the George Rogers Foundation, uh, uh, your alma mater, your college alma mater in general. And, and you also right. uh, have been on JB and Goldwater, 107 about the game. So, so, so you're kind of a sports media personality. Uh, and not and not just a former golfer, you know. I wouldn't go that far, but I, I, I miss our, our JB and Goldwater days. This is a lot of fun. But um, JB reached out to me several years ago, and and the U.S. Women's Open was going to be in Charleston in 2019. And he was like, "Hey, I need your help. Not a huge golfer, you know. Don't know how to talk about it. So I need you to come on and be like the golf analyst for the week. Um, I, I know a lot of those girls on the tour, and so it was a blast. And I just have fun going on and talking, talking ball, talking shop, um, especially when it comes to something that I'm passionate about, like golf. And so to kind of marry the two with Gamecock athletics and golf, it's just, you know, kind of a match made in heaven. And we had a great time. Um, they got to see some really high level golf. It's amazing to me. Some guys that have never seen the LPGA Tour play, caliber player play golf and then they get there and they're like, uh, what is this? This is insane. These girls are so good. They don't miss a shot. And, you know, it's just, it's fun mm -hmm. to have them kind of experience that for the first time. And, and so I had a blast doing that. And then they, they also had me back for the PGA championship that was down at Kiowa Island and got to be the golf analyst on several different shows mm -hmm. down there in Charleston. So I've, I've had a blast with it. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a media personality, but just love talking about it for sure. 
Yeah, I gotta gotta get your opinion of. Um... <laughs> and, and, all right, so so I gotta frame this in, in, in a way. Uh, so the the, the LIV thing. Um, oh the, yeah. The split on the PGA, <laughs> uh, and I know there's the political angles to it and all that, but of course, it, my, my question is for the sport in general, for just overall the, the sport of golf. Uh, what's your take on that? It's tough to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with Tiger Woods on a lot of the, in fact, I went on a podcast before he had his interview and it was basically verbatim what I said, which was very much Arnie and Jack built the PGA tour. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and to honor those, I'm very big on honoring those that have gone before you. Um, those guys didn't get to play for a lot of money and the guys today play for a lot of money. And so there's kind of an obligation to protect the integrity of the tour, to protect the traditions and just of the game and of the, of the PGA tour. And, and Arnie and Jack kind of passed the baton to tiger in that way. And he's held up um, obviously his, his end on saying, listen, I, I I understand you have every right to go play for money, but uh, for me, um, it's tough to see the divisiveness of, to be honest, I kind of have Tiger's view on it too, that that's not even a tour because a tour is 72 holes and there's a cut. Um, you know, the, the fact that it's only 54 holes, there's no cut. You could shoot 40 over par. I mean, come on now. Phil Mickelson's 10, 10 rounds on the, on this LIV series. He's like 40 over par. Who wants to watch that? <laughs> like there, you've got to play a certain level and you, if you don't make the cut, you don't make the cut. Like I'm, I'm sitting here on radio cause I can't shoot 63 on the LPGA tour. Like there are standards that have to be met to play. Um, so yeah, it, yeah that's just my personal opinion. I, I don't like it, but they have every right to go and, and, and get their money. But to then turn around and and try to sue them. I mean, those golfers, frankly, abandoned the PGA Tour, uh, tour that made them, um, and they willfully joined a competitor league. And so they knew, like, they understood the consequences of that action very well before they they left. And um, you made the decision, you got to live with it, right? You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't can't play both of these um you know, the PJ tour and the live series. Yeah. I mean, when uh, Snoop and Dre left and uh, founded Death Row <laughs> Records, they knew what they were doing, right? Hey, that's right. You you made yeah. your decision. You got to live with it. Heck yeah. Um, okay. We're going to get Nana Sports chat line. We got a couple of, uh, we had the one question from Cartwright about uh, LME and then uh, Evan Small has, uh, has a question. Uh, okay. Here. Uh, he says, I picked up golf while pitching in college and fell in love with the game. It's about the only thing that satisfies my competitive side these days. He's shooting the high 80s. Any tips to break 80? Oh, a lot of tips to break 80. Um, it would depend. I would have to see him play golf. But typically, most amateurs that are, are shooting in the 80s and want to get in the 70s, it's, it's a matter of course management. It's a matter of short game, to be honest. Everybody Ooh. can hit it. When you're shooting in the 80s, you can hit it pretty well, but the the short game, you're probably duffing a chip here and there or missing putts. And and so it's probably dialing in your short game is probably the easiest answer until you know I could I could actually see the person play. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll be able to do that uh when you when you start uh, teaching at, out at Lexington Country Club or 
there's a in November. Don't forget, uh, she's going to start opening. She's opening an online course where you can like send in your swing and get her to break it down for you. And that, that's right. That's uh, that's going to be popular. I think very popular uh, around here. Um, all right, so switching sports a little bit. We, we know what's coming up in two weeks. Uh, yes, sir. Let's go. <laughs> you, 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 you know, fired up about that a little bit. What, what's your thought? What are your thoughts on the forthcoming uh, football season? I'm I'm trying hard to kind of temper my I don't want to say excitement, but yeah, I just, I just look at this team and it's 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 just so so much better of a situation than last year, <laughs> yes. roster wise. Yes, and you know you've got the the head coaches of obviously Shane Beamer's uh, got an infectious personality. Uh, just what doctor ordered for this program. But, uh, you know your take on uh, what's going to get cranking here and. It'll be uh, uh, 14 days from tomorrow, so 15 from today. Can't wait. Um, I'm obviously cautiously optimistic as well because I've been a Gamecock my whole life and I have scar tissue. Um, I was in the stands for the 0-11 season. Like I go way back. (laughs) um, Diehard Gamecock. So, uh, But I love the fact that we have depth this year. My goodness. You look at every position and I'm like fired up because we've got options. We can rotate out people (laughs) (laughs) and people don't get gassed in the third by the third quarter. Um, It's so exciting. And I I'm pumped for the direction that Beamer has taken this this whole program, the people he's hiring, the quality of individuals, even little things like inviting the letterman to Mm -hmm. to come be a part of the program and just creating that atmosphere of of everybody being one big Gamecock family. I love what he's doing. Um, but the man can recruit and I'm fired up about all the, the in-state guys. It's exactly what he did back when he was here with Spurrier is keeping mm-hmm. that, those in-state guys in state that that's the start of, you know, we had Stefan Gilmore, we had Alshon Jeffrey, we had Marcus, we had, I mean, just naming off all these guys that he brought in to do that again. I'm so fired up. Y'all don't even know. I'm so yeah. excited. <laughs> it's huge. Hey, guys, <laughs> guys got, uh, they got the, the top four guys in the state that they wanted. I mean, it's uh, huge. And three of the top four rankings wise. And yeah. And, and that's kind of what got it going the first time. And, you know, I must have signed his share of in-state guys, but it, it, it wasn't maybe as, I don't know, frequent. I, I don't, I don't really right. know. I don't know how to describe that era. I think <laughs> as we get further and further from that era, uh, the more I look back at it and just scratch my head and go, what in the world happened? <laughs> I mean, what wasn't that? And, and, and I talk to Florida fans all the time that feel the same way about about when Champ was down there. It's just like they're like, you know, JC, we, we love Will Muschamp. We, we thought he was a good coach, a good guy. Uh, he's a man's man. He, you know, he, he he took took had the best firing press conference ever at Florida. Uh, you know, where he just basically hugged everybody, and right? Said goodbye, you know, and and all, all of his former players love him. I mean, exactly. There's, there's no red flags. But it, it's just like the twilight zone, where, wherever he coaches. You know, you're like, you're sitting there all of a sudden, and, you know, you, you've outgained the other team by 400 yards, and you're down by 30. Right. Like, What's going on? What you is know? happening? Where your whole entire team is injured, you know, and it's, and, and it's like, you know, you're, oh, man. But uh, I got I got a. I got a nice little story about uh, it's kind of an, an analogy about the Muschamp era, but uh, you know, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Uh, we asked uh, Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up Show earlier today about this, and uh, so I'm going to ask you: 
are, are you a person that, you know, night before football season, uh, I know I, I will, I, I'm like that. I, I, I can't sleep. I'm like, a can't kid sleep. At, oh yeah. Kid at Christmas uh, tossing and turned and uh, that night before that first game. Uh, or are you one that just kind of has your routine? Get the, you know, I get because some people are like, okay, night before kickoff in bed by eight, I'll eat, <laughs> I'll, I'll, eat, I'll eat pizza rolls and drink seven up, and then I'll wake up. But, but no, so so so, what, how do you approach it once we get right down to the day? Okay, so it's different than it used to be. I mean, our family was Gamecock club members for like thirty plus years, and we just recently let them go so we could get the whole family together at the house. which is so much fun. Um, So we're like in this new era of watching Gamecock football from the house with everybody. And so it's different than it used to be. We would park in the fairgrounds, you know, obviously the tailgating. And so now it's like we're tailgating at the house. Um, And so I love it because we have a huge family, all Gamecocks, obviously. We all went to Carolina, basically. Um, And so we can invite friends over and have a great time. So um, yeah, it's probably like, now like more prepping for having everybody over is, yeah. is not a day before game day now, but um, it, it's so much fun. And yeah, I can't wait. I I'm, I'm like cautiously optimistic, but I'm also like that eternal, like Gamecock fan. That's like, we're going to win it all. Glasses go on. I'm just a fan. I'm not a media member. So, yeah. you know, I'm like, we're going all the way. Let's do yeah. it. I, I handle it a little better now, you know, than, than I used to, but it's still like about that, that, that first loss. Right. Well, last, last year, it wasn't that bad. It was Georgia, and I, I didn't expect Right, that that's that. true. But uh, the Kentucky loss, uh, that was uh, – because I was there. Oh. And I literally – me and my buddies – because that's the first one that, you know, you, you, well, you expected them to not beat Georgia or whatever. But then the Kentucky, that one, that was one right. you should have had. And so my buddy has a condo in Columbia up near the stadium. And so we're we're literally all just sitting there staring out at the lights of Williams Bryce like <laughs> like like the like the last like like the last scene from Ocean's Eleven where they're just looking at the at the, at the thing. Um, right. And, and, and so it just it's, happened. It still takes me twenty four hours uh, with that first one and it hits pretty hard, but then other than that, that's not it. I, I get you about doing it at home, man. I, I even if I lived in Columbia, I don't know that I wouldn't at times uh, take that route or, you know, because it's just it's just so much more comfortable and convenient. Oh, and like, it is. Get everybody together, too. Right. And, right. and we went to a lifetime of games. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, like 30 years. I mean, we, we've been to a lifetime of, of games. So we've we've had our fair share of doing that. Um, and and so now to do it in just a more comfortable setting and have everybody over, it's so fun. I'm gonna so have to fun. get uh, get the menu, the menu yeah, from you closer to the date. So I got to see what you're eating there. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, it is the Nana's pork chat box. So you know, this is true. You know, this is true. Well, Meredith, um, uh, tell everybody uh, real quick before we let you go where they can go uh, on the website uh, to, to get, find out more information about your teaching and sure. how you can play golf and all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Mayor Taylor, M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R. Um, I'm going to do a big launch once my, my amateur playing uh, days are over and I've, I've finished these last couple tournaments, I'll do a big launch. So everybody will know when I'm going full-time teaching and also Great. on the website as well. Y'all have heard it on the, on the commercial, but uh, McKellarEnterprises.org is where you'll see more details. There's frequently asked questions that are that are there. So if people have questions, they can always email me. 
Um, but that's the website and, and we'll have, we'll have a big launch. So everybody will know when uh, I go full-time teaching. Yeah. 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 I can't wait to, to get you on here there. And I, I hope people uh, take advantage of it. Meredith Taylor going to join us every Friday. So you, you get the last crack at picking games. Oh, uh, yes. Before the, you're yeah. the, you're Let's go. Yeah, this this same. You'll be the last person we hear from before uh, we Love it. game week. So that'll be good. We appreciate you being on, Meredith, and I uh, look forward to talking to you next Friday. Thank you so much for having me. Y'all have a good weekend. Thanks, Thanks you too. Uh, inside the Gamecocks, the show, that's Meredith Taylor, uh, one of our sponsors. She sponsors the guest line. So uh, what should we say? Meredith Taylor on the Meredith Taylor guest line? On the yeah, Meredith Taylor on the McKellar Enterprise. That's, that's our cover. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, I've been saying her Twitter is at Mer Taylor, M E R, Mer. Mm-hmm. And it's Mayor, obviously. Mayor. I should have thought about that. Yeah. I feel like an idiot now. Mer. I mean, you know, if you're from, you know, Mer Taylor, Ackland, you, you may call her Meredith. Meredith. So, but man, what a, what a guest. I mean, she's a very talented person, and obviously mm-hmm. uh, her story's outstanding. I uh, love to get her takes on things, the Gamecocks, and, and her perspective on everything. Um, and it looks like uh, the golfers in the Nanosports chat box and that are listening to us will enjoy it as well. Uh, and, and certainly will be a good guest to have on on a Friday for football season as we kind of march toward kickoff. The mm-hmm. march toward kickoff. Uh, you remember those uh, uh, during World War II, they had those uh, commercials. The march toward victory. The march to victory. Yes. There is, uh, the march to kickoff. <laughs> Phil and JC leading the boys. <laughs> We didn't us to battle. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's it's a, uh, you know, I'm not making fun of World War II. I'm making fun of the commercials. No, uh, that's the, right. The, yeah. Those, uh, USO commercials. Come on. <laughs> Don't let save your tires. Don't help the Japanese. You know. <laughs> uh, Cartwright says Tennessee loss puts me to bag a big slump. I needed counseling after Birch through that interception. I was in a bar, right? <laughs> I said it like run away a little bit. I got thrown out of a bar, you know. No, I was at a bar, and uh, not a lot of South Carolina people in my end of Chicago, right? Watching the game with me at Tavern. So we, it was 11 a.m. kickoff. So we went and had a little brunch. I like the steak and eggs and the mimosas. And I'm so I'm sitting there, and the it's, it, we're the only people in our in the bar. Now this is this is a pretty popular bar. Just went popular there. So. So we're like, so he throws that pass and I yell, what in the hell are you doing? <laughs> and the lady was, our waiter was like cleaning something and she jerked and like fell and slipped and stuff. Uh, you know, yeah, I think so my I, response to that, I think I sent you a three letter text message after that happened. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Some of these friends will text me during the game that are venting about the coaches and players, but it makes you almost uncomfortable because it's like they're coming at you, you know? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when I talk to my buddies about the game, I, I don't like to be negative because they're my buddies and we were watching it. And so it's going to be fun. So, you know, if, if even professionally, I'm like, there's, there's no way they're going to win this ball game. But when I'm with my friends, I like to kind of be positive because otherwise right. you're in a bad mood before it even starts. And, and you know, they're your buddies. Uh, but, but, but if you do that, then some of these people who are turning into psychos for three hours every Saturday, God bless them. Uh, they're like my lifelong friends. They'll just sit there and start cussing at me. I can't believe we said this. 
we told everybody this week we were gonna yeah <laughs> we're gonna do this and then you said we had a shot and i'm like well you're playing alabama <laughs> <laughs> right that's the last time carolina played alabama if uh weren't for a bad call at the end of the half i'm at least it would have been close. That's right. Yeah, at least it would have been close. Craig said, must have never signed 10 four-stars, and he thinks the game pass will this year. I'm with you, Craig. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, while I would have liked to have seen what must have could have done with the transfer portal, I, I don't know that you could ask much better than what Beamer and his staff have done with it either. I mean, they've, they've taken advantage of that big time. But like I said, the next step in recruiting was always get more blue-chip high school players. Yeah. Uh, Luke says he's got needs to get help with his golf swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to correct the bad baseball hitch? Uh, Luke, please come back uh, next Friday and ask her that. Uh, in fact, I'll Phil, we can save this message and, and like email it to ourselves or something, right? Yeah, uh, I'll start it. I think that's what does it. Yeah, uh, Cartwright used to live in Chicago. I can relate to the bars being empty on Saturdays. Yeah, these people up here don't have any kind of reverence for college football Saturdays whatsoever. Do you? <laughs> She's a Notre Dame fan, uh, but yeah, I mean, you're 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 two hours from Notre Dame, and you don't care about college football. Now we don't. We just care about the Bears and beef sandwiches, Cubs, White Sox. I mean, they, they, they schedule uh, C team high school football on Saturdays, and not not like Saturday morning, right? Gosh. Like like. 2.30 p.m. Like, like, oh they're, nah, 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 <laughs> like not even a morning. Yeah, oh. you know, yeah I'm, I'm really wanting to go uh, watch uh, C-Team football. I'm going to see some C-Team football here in a couple hours. The Moose, our kid, he's starting at guard. So, um, but uh, we were, uh, you know, so the, I'm not on football, college football Saturday. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, but anyway, Marcus uh, says, JC, you ever done stand-up? No. I don't have the I, if I could I don't have the discipline to write it. You have to write a lot when you yeah. stand up. Um, if I could ever get something down, uh, I'll definitely uh, consider that. Uh, Meredith Chimes says she will definitely help Luke next week, and we are overtime. Ot, ot, ot. You down with ott? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> uh, Josh says, "What's up, guys? Dropping in on lunch while students are at lunch." Uh, that's my buddy. He's a teacher. He's a, he does the uh, God's work, man. <laughs> I know Josh and, uh, and Josh and his family, really good people uh, from my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina. All right, folks, we got to wrap up the week. It's been a heck of one. A heck of awesome. one. Uh, and we'll have, um, I think, isn't John Whittle Monday? Yeah, John Whittle's coming on Monday, and uh, I'm working a couple other people to get on later in the yeah. week. That would be fun to talk to. Got some all-stars coming in, mm-hmm. I think, plus Jamie Bradford. Uh, and everybody else. For Phil Molinax, this is J.C. Sherbert. This has been another episode of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll holla at you on Monday.